Today's episode is brought to you by Capital One Spark Business. Whether it's your first day at the new headquarters or another day getting payroll out by the first, Capital One works seamlessly as your partner, credit card provider, and business bank. Hi, everyone. You're listening to Superwomen. Today's guest is Erica Perry, founder of The Stork Bag. She is a vivacious, energetic, and super positive woman who started her company five years ago, dealing with all the stages of pregnancy and postpartum and the things we need. Google adult diapers or ice diaper. If you've had a baby, you know what I'm talking about. Well, she wanted to really make sure that in a time where you are, at least for me, your most vulnerable, uh, that you could get products that actually help you at each stage of pregnancy and postpartum, which is brilliant. So take a listen. So I am here today with Erica Perry, the founder of Stork Bag. Welcome. Thank you, Rebecca. I'm super excited to be here. So for our listeners, what is the Stork Bag? Yeah, so the Stork Bag is a pregnancy subscription bag. So the way that I like to describe it for people that never really heard of it is think of a beauty box and then think of pregnancy. So we literally send out curated packages to our customers throughout their entire pregnancy and then for their postpartum period as well. So each of our packages, first, second, third trimester, and then we have our post-bump bag. All of them are reusable bags and they each have between eight and 15 different products and 95% of all of our products are mom-owned or mom-created products. So I'm super, super proud of that. Wow. Yeah. And you started this business almost five years ago. Yes. So what inspired you to launch this? Like, what were you doing before then that made you go, aha? Yeah. Yeah. So I started my first business in 2012. And at that time, I had just finished with my master's program, just earned my master's. I was pregnant with my third son. Master's in what? Master's in business. Okay. So it's it's nonprofit business, but it was business because I was working in nonprofit. So in my mind, I was like, oh, I'm going to do this, you know, and I'm going to get my master's and I'm going to be the CEO of this nonprofit. I'm going to make so much money. And then I found <laughs> out, oh, with your master's, you get to make a whopping 48000 That's your cap. And I was like, oh, yeah. So at the time, my job was so stressful. And I was literally working 16 hours a day. And then I had my third son that I was pregnant with. And my husband was working for Ford Motor Company, which was another 16 to 18 hours. It was insane. So my family was just super busy. And I'm like, there has to be a better way. And I've always, every job that I've went in, I was always the youngest person. And I was always the person that's like, wait, that's broken. Like, let's fix that. You know, it can be done this way and people would listen. So I'm I'm like, I know I have great leadership qualities and I know that I can make things better. So to fast forward it a little bit, I started my first company, Mommy Made Services. With that company, I poured everything into it. I put money into it and time. And it was supposed to be a company that connected domestic helpers with busy families like mine. After about a year, I was like, okay, nothing's happening. Like nobody was coming to the website. It wasn't getting any type of traction. And I felt so defeated. And so I'm like, maybe I'm not supposed to be an entrepreneur. Maybe I'm just supposed to be, you know, a stay-at-home mom, a wife, and this is what I'm supposed to do. So I took a year off and I decided to stay at home and do all of those things. And I remember about six months in, I was like, okay, this is not what I'm supposed to do. 
I completely lost myself. I was just mom and I was wife. And, you know, I had stains. It was, yeah. yeah. And I was like, I have to do something else for me. So my best friend, she was pregnant at the time with her first child. Mind you, I had three little boys at that time. How old are they? My oldest is 12. um, Middle is nine and youngest is seven. Okay. So my, my best friend's pregnant. I was in Chicago at that time. She was in Florida. And she called me. She's like, Erica, how did you do this three times? And I'm like, what's wrong? She's like, everything. Like, <laughs> she's like, my pregnancy is horrible. I have morning sickness. She's like, I, I don't even know what to buy because I want to make sure I don't get anything that's like, you know, not safe for the baby. So I'm like, let me create a care package for you. And she's like, okay, yeah, do that. And so I'm like, okay. So I go online because I'm like, I don't feel like going to a store and looking for all of these different products and sending them to her. So I go online. I'm like, pregnancy care package. Nothing. I'm like, they don't have a pregnancy care package? This was the time when I think the subscription boxes were really booming. So I expected some type of pregnancy gift or something like that. Nothing there. So I went to the store. I went to Babies R Us, Bye Bye Baby, and Destination Maternity, I believe. And I bought like some little stuff that I use, like some um, cocoa butter, stretch mark cream, stuff like that. Sent it to her. She was crying. She's like, oh my gosh, this is the nicest thing anybody signed to me for me. And I'm like, oh my gosh. But at that time, I remember when I sent that and she called me and I told my husband, I'm like, there is nothing out there like this. And you know how many women would appreciate something like this? Like I was pregnant three times, never got anything for myself. Like my husband is great, but he literally never gave me anything. And then everyone else who gave me gifts gave me gifts for baby. So I'm like, what's the deal? So I'm like, okay, I'm going to create something. And I asked my husband, I'm like, so what do you think of when you think of pregnancy? Like what's synonymous? And he's like, uh, you know, and I'm like, what about a stork? He's like, yeah. And I'm like, okay, well, like the stork box. And so he's like, yeah, the stork box, that's really good. But I'm like, I want to be creative and I want to kind of think outside the box. Uh, no pun intended. Um, so I'm like, what about a bag, like a keepsake that mom can have and she can look back at? And so I'm like, what about the stork bag? And he's like, oh, I got chills. That's really good. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to do it. So I set a goal for myself. And I said, if I can sell 100 bags within the first year, I really have something. I'm going to give it my all. And I sold 100 bags in that first three months. And this is without any paid advertising. I was literally taking like busted pictures because I look back at my pictures now on Instagram. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my God, I've archived them all, too, because I'm so embarrassed. But I was taking these pictures, just sticking them on Instagram, not paying for any promotion. And people were coming that way. And that's that's the story of the birth of the Stork bag. Wow. Yeah. And where did you get the number 100? Did you just pull that number out of a hat? I did because at that time, my thought process was that was a huge number. I was like, if I can sell 100 of this product that I came up with, that's that's an, you know, an astronomical number. So that's where the 100 came up, came in. <laughs> and so you did this organically. I did. Um, you have not raised money. No. No. Do you plan to raise money? Yes. So um, I put all of my family savings into it. And, you know, you feel comfortable saying what that number is? Honestly, at this point, I don't even know anymore because it's just been so much. But in the beginning, it was $7,000. And for some people that may be like, oh, that wasn't a lot. But for us, it was a lot because we had literally saved up all of that for like rainy days. So I put $7,000 into it in the beginning. Now, honestly, probably upward of Fifty to 60000 and then everything that we make. So at that time, I thought to myself, you know, if this doesn't work, then what am I going to do? You know, and so 
when you asked if I raised money in the beginning, I was like, I'm not going to raise any money. I'm going to do all of this by myself. And then year two came in and I was like, okay, I, I need to raise money. I, I want to I want to grow this. I want to scale. And so I went out there and I tried and I tried and I'm like, this is what I have. And I, I don't feel like I was taken seriously. Tell me what you think the reason why that was. I think because of the product. I think when people, and I won't say people, I think when men, um, I think when they look at the product, they think that it's a hobby product. I think they think that, oh, it's this little gift for pregnant women. So, And I don't think that they see the potential of the market. I don't think they understand the potential of how large this market is and how much you can do with a product like this. So that's what I think. I think it just wasn't taken seriously. It could be because I'm this dainty small woman. It could be because I didn't walk in with, you know, a business suit. And I, you know, I don't know, but I know I'm almost certain it's because I just wasn't taken seriously. Right. Yeah. So you said, screw that. I'm moving on. Yep. I don't need your damn money. Yep. Yep. And what's happening now? Yeah. So I, I said, screw that. And I kept putting money into it from my business and, and everything that we made. I do consulting. Literally everything that I do on the outside, I put into the Cirque bag. Wait, you have a side business too? I do. You, okay. I do. I do business <laughs> consulting too. So every time I make money from that, that goes to the Cirque bag. Money from family, from my family, my husband, not my family outside, but my husband goes into the Cirque bag. So everything is still personally funded. Um, luckily, there are some resources like PayPal Capital, um, Cabbage, things like that. So I have small working capital loans, but for the most part, I still don't have any outside funding. Um, and, you know, because there were so many no's, I got so many no's because of that. It was kind of like one of those things where I was like, I don't I don't need you. You know, like I felt even more empowered to go out there and prove them wrong, like show them that this is not just like a little hobby business, that this is legit like a huge business. And in a few years, you know, when they have their wife is pregnant or somebody's pregnant, and they're like the stork bag. That sounds familiar. I'm like, yeah, that sounds familiar. <laughs> so. Um, so, yeah. So at this point. Will I turn down funding if I was offered, if the, you know, the terms were great? Probably not. I would probably be like, okay. But my story and getting the funding is still there because people, they just, they don't take it serious. And I keep saying people. I won't say people. I will say the men who are usually funding these venture capitalists. I don't think that they take the stork bag as serious as they should. Right. Yeah. What's interesting to me and a lot of women who I've read the reviews of the podcast, like, you know, they hear no a lot and some of them are just like, oh, I'm just going to give up. But mm -hmm. I love that you like were, it emboldened you. It gave you fuel. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, you know, I honestly, I don't think that I can give up. You know, I feel like I've put more than money. I've put so much energy into this and I am a firm believer in thoughts become things. I'm a firm believer in manifesting. And so I've already seen the bigger picture. I've already seen what the stork bag is going to be. So if I gave up right now, it's kind of like I just stopped in the middle of a marathon. Totally. Yeah. So. so how do you deal with 16 to 18 hour days now? 
and your three beautiful boys. Do you have, do you have more kids now? No. Okay. I, still, you- I can't have any more. <laughs> I can't. I'm done. <laughs> I, I can't even think of having any more. So, yeah. Um. You know what? I I work off of schedules and I have lists for everything. I literally have a bunch of those really cool books that have cool sayings on the front that you get from Target. I have a bunch of those because I write lists for everything. So I'm like, okay, today I'm going to do this a certain time for it. So I run a tight ship for myself, not really for the kids as much, but in order for me not to go crazy and lose my mind, I have to know when to unplug. So I unplug on Sundays. I don't usually work at all. And then I unplug usually around 10 o'clock at night where I'm not working, not doing anything related to work at all, business, anything. Um, But to stay sane, I try and keep a schedule and prioritize certain things. What's been your greatest hack there? I'm asking for myself personally. Yeah, yeah. I think I think just being able to maintain that schedule and get everyone in my house to go off of that schedule too. Because my husband is um, very different from me. My husband, he doesn't like routine. He doesn't, he's very, oh, let's get up and, you know, go overseas next week. And I'm like, oh, okay, we need to plan, you know? So I'm a planner. And so for me being this planner and knowing that I have to do this because if I don't, something will fall short. And it's fall, a lot of things have fe- fallen short before. Um, and I can't sit here and say, oh, it's perfect, you know, and I have the schedule and everything runs smoothly because it doesn't. Right. I can't even honestly, maybe, maybe four days out of a month, everything runs smoothly. But those other days, things come up. You know, there's things that come up where I'll forget something and I feel horrible about myself because I forget stuff. Because I'm like, how did I forget that? And I have to keep reminding myself that, Erica, you're doing like a million and one things. So that's how you forgot it. So, you know, I do run, I do keep a schedule. But for me, um, just being able to look back and see those things that I crossed off. And that's a that's a big thing for me, too crossing things off. So yeah. once I've done something, because then I feel like, it okay, I, so I, good. I, yeah, I accomplished that. So yeah. Sometimes what I'll do with my physically written list, is if, if I forgot to put it on the list, but I did it, I'll mm-hmm. write it down and then I'll cross yeah, it out. Yeah, I'll like, do that. Yep. <laughs> yep. Me so too. Stupid, it feels good. It feels, it feels so good. good. It's like, yes, I'm good. I accomplished that. So yeah. Totally. Yeah. yeah. So I would love to hear, like, clearly when you get a master's degree, you have a great handle of business, but I feel like I've met so many people that learned so much after they left school. So how has your knowledge of finances changed in having your own business and the joys that come with it? Yeah, yeah. You know what? Um, so my eyebrows just raised when Rebecca asked me that because I'm like, oh my gosh, it, it's really changed. Honestly, I everything that I know about finance and running a business, I did not learn in school. You know, I there was book stuff that you learn, but I haven't really, you know, you apply the stuff that you learn from action. And so when I first got into it, I was always very cautious about how much I spent. But now it's like maybe almost to the point of, okay, you're being cheap. You know what I mean? Because you have to be really smart with the money that you get. So um, uh, prioritizing comes into that a lot because I have an amazing group of women who work for me. And for me, being the leader of this organization, I have to make sure that all of that hard work and dedication they're putting into my dream, they're getting paid for and they're not just volunteering. And so when I think about, I don't think that 
people realize how much goes into running a business. And you think about payroll, and you think about rent, and you think about all of the other overhead stuff, and you think about, you know, products and websites and all of those other little things that you don't really consider. And then you look back and you say, well, oh, yeah, I got to pay myself, too. And to this day, if people saw how much I pay myself, they'll be like, what? That's it? Yeah, that's it. It's 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 because for me, the most important thing is making sure that my company continues to float and making sure that my employees are paid and making sure that it grows into this huge thing that I know is going to grow into. So I know that in a few years, maybe months, fingers crossed, um, I'll be making a lot more than what I'm making right now. But for me, the most important thing is making sure that everything runs. And there are months when I we do we do fantastic numbers. I'm sorry. Um, and then there are months where I'm like, okay, people hate the sork bag. <laughs> no <laughs> one's know? having babies that it's, month. You know, yeah, no one's yeah. pregnant or having yeah. a baby. And but there, it's, <laughs> it fluctuates. It's so up and down. So there, are, you know, there's going to be times, and I know there's times with me where I'm like, I'm so good. I'm so smart. I'm so creative. And then there's times where I'm like, this was so stupid of me. Like, what was I thinking? Oh my gosh, I could have put all that money here. What about my kids? You know, and I beat myself up. And so, and I think that's a normal cycle. And I think, you know, when you talk to successful entrepreneurs that didn't give up, because there are many times that you, you're going to want to give up. And I think when you talk to them and they tell you that, yeah, there are still days where I'm like, crap, what was I thinking? Or maybe I shouldn't be doing this anymore. So, yeah, so for right now, the most important thing for me is to keep things going and to make things bigger. And my goal is when I look back a year from now, I need to see growth. As long as I look back for a year from now, when I look back and it's 2020, August of 2020, and I, I should be able to say, wow, we've grown so much. Right. You know what I mean? And if I cannot say that, if I'm still saying that, oh, you know, we our our website looks the same, our, our same, our bags look the same, our products are the same. You know, there's there's something wrong with the system. Something needs to be tweaked. But luckily, you know, we look back at these past five years and so much has changed. We're actually we're rebranding our bags. So we got these super cute bags, and they actually just came in today. So I'm super excited. I gotta see. And a we have of these. Them. Yeah, we have these silk bags. They're so cute, and they are going to replace our cotton bags that we were using. And so I feel like the look is like fresh, and they have like little tassels on the side. I'm super excited. So I hope all of the ladies like the bags, the new bags, because I know when I showed my staff, they were like, "Oh my gosh, they look so good." So I'm excited about that. But we have we have a lot of fun things, and of course, the goal is. For the circ bag to just, to just be synonymous with pregnancy, you know, when I when I ask people, what do you think about the first thing or fe- first business you think about when you think about someone's pregnant? I want them to say the circ bag, you know, without a doubt, the circ bag, you know, and, and that's the goal. Hi guys, I hate to interrupt this episode, but I have to do an ad, and it's for myself. I love doing this podcast. I love interviewing these women. So what I'm asking you to do is support me. If you are in the market for a beautiful bag or some wonderful apparel or shoes, buy Rebecca Minkoff. And if you need to buy a gift for someone, think of me. It always helps. It keeps the business going. And I would love to see you wearing your beautiful Rebecca Minkoff products. You can hashtag MyRM. And thank you for the support. So what have been some of your biggest unexpected challenges, aside from the ones you already went through? Yeah, yeah. I think not 
not really know the unknown of entrepreneurship it lingers and it's out there and you don't really know what to expect. So you can plan. Now, I'm a planner, but there are so many things that you cannot plan for. So, you know, we have all these projections and we're like, oh, we project, you know, we, we're going to make, you know, whatever for the holiday season of 18. And then 18 comes around and we're like, oh, we did great numbers. And then I sit down in front of my laptop and I'm like, wait a minute, we spent how much to make how much? And so for me, just feeling that high of, wow, we sold out of all of our holiday stork bags. And then when I go back and I look and I'm like, oh, it costs us that much. Right. You know what I mean? And so those 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 types of things kind of you'll, you're super high and you're like, yes, we did it. And then you look and you say, oh, my goodness, how are we still in the red? Um, the sales, uh, because the retail market is it fluctuates, you know, and in the the business that we're in, the the market that we're in, there's seasons when people get pregnant and you see everybody's pregnant. And then there are seasons where it's like, okay, ladies, no what are you doing? No one's had sex in a yeah. long time. <laughs> I'm like, guys, what are you doing? We're, they're out there. You, you, you know, put in the work, you know, we, we have stork bags to sell here. And so those fluctuations are always surprising because there are certain summertime, I'm like, oh yeah, summertime's going to be big. And then we'll have summertime, you know, July rolls around and we're like, how do we only, you know, how do we only do $6,000 in July? Like, what's the deal, you know? Right. When you watch certain shows about entrepreneurship and you hear certain entrepreneurs and they say, uh, my business has only made $2 million and you're an entrepreneur with a startup and your business has made $3,000, I think you start second guessing yourself and you start saying, they made $2 million? What am I doing wrong? And so I think what we have to look at on TV and what we have to listen to up until really recently, that's why I think this podcast is so awesome because it's raw. It's raw and it's transparent. And I think what we as women, female entrepreneurs more than anything else, what we have to look at is so skewed from what is real because it's normal to do a couple of thousand your first, you know, year or so. If you do millions, great. You know, that's amazing. If you can if you can continue that momentum and you can continue to grow, that's amazing. But if you're doing a couple of hundred and then you go up to thousand and then you hit that million, that's awesome. That's what it's supposed to look like. Most entrepreneurs don't come out of the gate and they're, they're making millions of dollars and they're riding around in Rolls Royces and, you know, they, they're on TV everywhere. You don't, you don't see that. It's hard work. Right. You know, we're working hard. And I've been, you know, my first company, 2012, is when I started Mommy Made Services. 2014 is when I started the Stork Bag. And now... I feel like my career is really starting to blossom as an entrepreneur. But when I tell you I worked hard, like, and I Blood, continue to work. Yeah. Yes. And I continue to work hard. And even when I don't feel like working hard, I feel discouraged. I'm like, nope, I got to get up and do it. Because if I don't, who's going to tell the story? Who's going to encourage the mom that's at home that's like, have this really great idea, but I don't know if I can do it because I don't think I can make $2 million in my first month. Right. You know, you don't have to, sister. <laughs> you hear that, everybody? You don't have to do that. Yes, you don't have to. Like, work at your own pace. Yeah. Yeah. So how I'm, I'm now I'm fascinated with the fact that you even have time to do your consulting. So how ha I know you're a planner and I know you're a scheduler, which I love. But where does that fit into this whole thing? Yeah. Um, 
My my team. Okay. My team. I think you have to build a solid team. Yep. And your foundation team, those people that are there with you in the beginning, when what do you, you run What do you look for? Because that can make or break, right? Like yeah. we've had horrible people work mm-hmm. at my company and make the the biggest unimaginable damage, yeah. right? Yeah. That we don't talk about, but it's there. Yeah. So, yeah. So, like, how did you find a great team? Yeah. You know, in the beginning, we had cookie cutter questions. So, our interviews were cookie cutter. It was, you know, what did you do in your last job? How do you, what do you think you can bring to d- this job? Those very cookie cutter type questions. And unfortunately, I had to be the person to go in and fire people. And that's never a good feeling, you know? But then I started to look and I'm like, what I need is I need a woman that's going to be dedicated to this. Why do you want to work for the stork bag? How long do you want to work for the stork bag? Is this something that you just need to make some extra money? Do you not necessarily need the extra money? You know, is are you a stay-at-home mom that needs something to do? And so I want to talk to her about who she is. And once I find out, let me see who she is. I give my, I give potential employees the floor to kind of tell me about themselves. What brought you here? Why do you want to work here? Is it me or is it the company? Believe it or not, I've had people interview and they're like, I just, oh my gosh, I can't believe. And I'm not trying to toot my horn here because I know I'm not this famous businesswoman. But I've had people that said, I just, I wanted to meet you and I wanted to see if, we, you know, you can be my mentor. And I'm just like, oh, you know, and that's, over. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, oh, that's, you know, that's that's not going to work. No. But when I give the women that I have right now are so dedicated to my company and their love for the stork bag shows in so many different ways. Like most of my my team, they wear different hats. So they have one one job title, but they do so much more. And so all of the people that are on my team, I gave them the floor to tell me who they were and something in them. And it, it's not it's not always the same. It's not, you know, across the board. I don't look for a particular thing. It's something in that person that I think would be good for the team, that I think would be good for the company, and that I think would be good for the position that they're applying for. For me to be able to do other things and look for other outside resources, look for other um, um, ways for me to bring in additional revenue for the company, I have to have a team that I trust. And so... I'm in New York right now. My business runs out of Tampa. And I can put my feet back and know that everything's going to run smoothly because they are so amazing. I think the entrepreneur is very important for the success of the business, for the health of the business. But your team is going to be maybe even more important. And I say that because you as an entrepreneur, you have passion that's driving you. But you have to get those people that's working for you. Because if you have a startup, you're probably not paying people what they would normally be paid if they they were working in an established business. You're probably paying people part-time salaries. And so you have to find people that will work for you for peanuts. You know, I'm just going to be honest. You have to find people that are working for you because they have a passion too. And it might not be as strong as yours, but they have a drive. And every last one of the ladies who work for me, they love working for women, working with women, serving women. They love that idea of seeing something from grow into something so big. They're a part of that. And what the stork bag is right now, it's not just because of me. It's because of all of these other women that put in so much and that there's stuff I can look at something and I'll be like, oh, we should do it this way. And somebody on my team, I give them the floor to be like, ah, you know, ah, 
now sometimes I shoot it down. I'm like, no, we're going to do it that way. But some, you know, most of the time I listen and I'm like, what do you think? And they're like, I think maybe we should do this. Sometimes they're right, you know? And so I think you have to be able to kind of take a step back and be like, okay, in order for you to be able to do other things. And that's how I can do consulting too. I do this because I really love it. I really love to talk to women about business. How can all of our listeners who are going to call you now get a hold of you for your consulting? They can find me on Instagram. So if you're on my Instagram at mommyceo, you can go to, I think I have a link tree link in my Instagram. So click on that. You'll see where you can book the one-on-one consultations. The Sork bag, you can get to me going through the Sork bag. So our Hello account, just say, hey, where's Erica? <laughs> my assistant <laughs> will, yeah, yeah. My assistant will um, connect connect us and, and we'll go from there. But uh, social media, I'm on social media a lot. You'll see my babies on there a lot. And, and I try to post some things about the Stork bag and about business um, to encourage women. When I was when I was first starting out, I'm still kind of fresh, but I remember I was reaching out to people on Instagram like, hey, you know, can you give me some pointers? And I would see that they saw my message, but they didn't respond back. And I was like, oh, cool. Maybe they're busy. Thanks a lot. You know, so yeah. So there's, and and I won't say that I don't have DMs just sitting in my boxes. I do because I'm, there's some people I just can't get to, but I try my hardest to at least answer an email or give some type of advice. And if I can't do it for each individual person, I try to hop on live or something like that and give some pointers. So two questions. If the answer is yes, I, I will say this, like I rarely celebrate our successes that we have. I'm always looking at like, what do we do wrong? What can we do better? And if something good happens, I'm like, oh, yay. Okay. Anyways. Mm -hmm. Um, And I hate that about myself and my brother's the same way. Mm -hmm. Do you celebrate your successes? And if you do, how? Uh, Yes. So uh, my PR, the head of my PR, Emerald, when she hears this, she's going to be like, no, she doesn't. That's probably what she's going to say. I try to now. Consciously, I try to because I did not for a very long time. Because just like you, I'm like, yay, we did that. But why didn't we do more? But let's let's focus on doing this. You know, let's focus on the next goal. I celebrate literally everything at home in my personal life. We celebrate every holiday. And I'm talking like really celebrate. So like Earth Day, <laughs> I have like cakes and my kids are like, mom. So they look and if I don't do something, my kids are like, mom, what happened? <laughs> you know, today is the third Sunday of the month. We were supposed to celebrate, you know. So I try to carry that over in business too. And I'll I'll try to do some fun stuff for my employees. But I have to get better with that because I don't celebrate the wins as much. I'm I'm always looking at we did that, but that's the conservative projection. I, you know, I wanted to get to that aggressive projection, you know, or we did that, yay, but we should be doing more. We could be doing more. Yep. So, yeah. The the last time I celebrated a success, it's probably the only time I did this year was like something good happened and I bought myself a piece of jewelry oh, that yay. maybe I was like, I'm not going to wait for anyone to buy that for me. But yeah. that, I, I was like, oh, I haven't never done this. Yeah. And I was like, I'm doing this for myself. Yeah. Good for you. Anyway. Yeah. But I think that's I think that has a lot to do with being a mom too. Yeah. Cuz I think for us automatically we're thinking about everybody else. Yes. I'm thinking about my husband, thinking about my kids, and then I'm like, "Oh, Erica, I forgot about you." <laughs> yeah, so I think that has a lot to do with being a mom, yeah. being a wife, and all of that those other titles we have and we forget 
that at the end of the day, self-care is super important. Totally. You know, and especially for an entrepreneur, because we're always going and our mind is always racing. We have to be able to take a setback. So I've I've consciously implemented more self-care into my life. Rather, it's just candles and bathtub, bubble bath and polishing my nails with stork nail polish. I try to implement some self-care. Totally. Yeah. So I have two last questions and I ask all my guests, but mm -hmm. uh, what would we be surprised to know about you? It can be personal, professional. Yeah. Um, every time I tell people my favorite person in the whole entire world is Lucille Ball, they say, really? Some people don't even know who she is. So I love Lucy, Lucille Ball. She's my absolutely favorite person. So much so that I'm kind of stalkerish. So every time I go to LA, I go to her old house and Beverly Hills. And I just want to just like park in front because you can just drive right in front of it. And I take pictures and I've gotten out before and taking pictures. New people live there. So I'm sorry if you ever seen <laughs> this black the lady same, just standing there. It's the me. same lady. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. why Lucille? I think Lucille was such, she was so ahead of her time effortlessly. There was no pretension there. It was, she got on stage, she performed, she did what was comfortable for her, and she became an icon because of it. And she didn't go around and say, you know, I'm, you know, I'm one of the funniest women of my time. When people said that to her, she she said, I wasn't even trying to be funny. I was just being myself, you know? So I think that rawness and that ease about who she was and she became this icon and she still celebrated. Right. It's like we just celebrated her. 100 and hope there's no Lucille fans listening. They're like, you don't know how old she turned. <laughs> 108, 104, her birthday um, a few weeks ago, they had Lucy in the theaters. They played four color episodes. So oh, it's really that's cool. cool. Yeah, that's yeah, cool. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I think that's, that's one of the reasons why I feel like I can, she's very inspirational. Love that. Yeah. And what is a last piece of advice you'd love to leave our listeners with? Uh, thoughts become things. That's my favorite mantra. It's important to write down those goals. You can have your goals in your head, but once you start writing them down, they become real. And then you can make sure that you're leading or you're going and moving toward those goals and vision boards. And I know I just gave three pieces. No, it's all things, true. It's all but true. vision boards. Yep. Vision boards. You need can to you, have a can vision. Can you say what a vision board is? Because some people will be like, huh? Yeah. Yeah. So I have a vision board on my phone. Each year, we take our kids, we get those white poster boards, we get magazines, we cut out pictures, we have crayons, we make it really cute and creative. I have a vision board that I'm on the front of Time Magazine. I've had this, and it goes on each of my vision boards every year. That was a high and five, I still everybody. have it. Yes, and I still have it. So, ladies, if you, when you see me, or everyone, anyone who's listening, you say, oh, that was on Erica's vision board. Yes. And I remember I shared that maybe three years ago when I did a conference and I was looking at the faces of people and they were like, mm -hmm. okay. But I'm like, listen, I put stuff on my vision board that probably sounded crazy and they came to pass, you know, they manifested and I was like, whoa. So yeah, so basically a vision board is where you take um, all of the things that you're that you want to manifest, all of the things that you want to accomplish. So whether it's you want to make a million dollars this year, you want to purchase a new uh, Range Rover, you want your business to sell one thousand units, whatever it is, you put it on paper. You put it somewhere physical, tangible, where you can see it. I put my vision board in my room, so it's in my closet, so I can look in. I can walk in every time I walk in there. Rather, I'm looking at it consciously. I'm seeing it, you know, and that helps me to remember what the goal is. Love it. Thank you so much. Thank you. That it was, was great to talk to you. Thank you, Rebecca. 
That was Erica Perry, the founder of The Stork Bag. By all means, go to her Instagram, order something. I'm sure any one of you knows somebody who's pregnant or having a baby, and they would be very much helped by ordering the stork bag and just being grateful that you thought of them when they're really just feeling kind of crappy. So it's at the stork bag, and I hope you enjoyed this episode.